Welcome to the Investing for Life podcast, where we apply proven investment principles to the lives of successful business people to help you enrich your own. With your host, Douglas Isles. Hello and welcome to the Investing for Life podcast. I'm Douglas Isles and my goal is to help you, the listener, by encouraging my guests to unpack their successes using a framework modeled on Platinum's time-tested investment principles. We will explore temporary setbacks that have shaped our guests, we'll learn about the long-term steps that they've taken to ensure they're on the right path, and we'll hear about how they stand out from the crowd. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Jason Pellegrino. Jason is the CEO of Domain, having previously run Google in Australia and New Zealand. Jason, today you're running a successful digital business in Australia's favorite sector. But I want to go back to the beginning. What are your happiest memories from childhood? I had a wonderful childhood. Uh, I'm very, very privileged to to sort of grow up in a loving household with very supportive, you know, immediate family and you know, and typical sort of. I come from an immigrant background, so you know, an Italian family is uh, more than just mum and dad. You know, large set of cousins, um, you know, uncles and aunties, uh, and sort of relatives all across the world. So uh, I grew up. Um, I think the the fondest memories are sort of the. The journeys along the way, there was the time we spent, um, I grew up on a, on a farm um, down on the south coast and sort of being out and about and the adventures that you used to have along the way. Um, and then, you know, the, the sort of achievements through whether it's high school or into university or that sort of first job and the support of sort of my broader parents and family and the excitement in, in them reveling in my achievements as well. So being that sort of your, your mum and dad first first generation here in Australia, I guess how did that shape think concepts of ambition and um, and desire? Yeah. They were very driven. I think that they were they were very academically aligned, but very driven. So both of my parents came as teenagers from Italy um, with very limited English, and straight into the early years of high school separately and they met at university. So they were both the first of their sort of broader family group to attend university. And uh, my, my mother went on to uh, be a maths teacher and teach maths at Wollongong high school for, I think 46 years. Um, so that's quite a, quite a stint, um, for someone who's, I think, stretching four foot 11 wow. to be a, a high school in uh, a math teacher in a high school that was when she joined was a selective academic school. And by the time she left was a performing arts and drama school. And so she was the aspect. So, you know, from her, I do get the sort of commitment, the drive, the ambition, you know, very sort of focused on, on those sort of elements. My, my father had a, had a, had an interesting, career journey, which has probably been more relevant more recently. So he went in again to sort of one of the first um, uh, sort of students in his family uh, into university. My mum actually was one of the first female and one of the, I think one of only two or three females going through University of Wollongong at the time. So um, doing a maths degree. Uh, and my, my father went in to do computer science and was actually one of the really, really early um, uh People in that got got a job working with BHP as as the steel steelworks in Wollongong started to started to automate and oh, yeah. you know as far as computers back then you know punch cards and processes yeah. and systems he he left that job probably ten years in to really chase a dream of starting a business and he started a, a sort of accounting and tax practice and built that up over time into some property investment which is you know the is the uh, 
is the sort of, I think, the the founding anchor of so many Australians in their journey to sort of create wealth and stability through that. And, and so, look, I think my, my my career started as an as an accountant. I did follow my sort of father's footsteps. I started at KPMG as an auditor as an 18-year-old. I ran out of school in high school. Uh, I wanted to work straight away. Yep. And so I started, you know, as an 18-year-old working full-time at KPMG doing, doing university part-time. And then over the course of the time, I have gravitated back towards technology. Yep. Pretty consistently, and so did you. Uh, did you keep your mum's uh, maths skills? Did they were they part of it? I I'm I'm probably closer to to to, to my dad. My, my, I you know I always did well in maths, and 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 the aspect. I think if you just talk about, I like people talking about superpowers because it just sort of it sort of focuses people's memory on you. Actually, are good at certain things, but if I was to say my superpower is. It's not pure maths and it's not the complexity of maths. So I, I can't see myself being, um, you know, a, a quantum physicist or I never saw myself, you know, particularly in I have I have enormous respect for the quant side of investing yep. and, and some of the people. Um, I went to business school with some great people who in that space have done some wonderful things and got com- completely cleaned out at every single poker game that I played with them. But I, I, I do, I am very numerate and I do connect the dots on a commercial aspect. I'm able to sort of recall and sort of transact and understand margins and, and turnarounds. And so that commercial aspect of I've, I've find that I'm able to 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 churn through that level of commercial numbers really, really quickly and sort yep. of the memory of that over time. Okay. So your career, um, I think as you described it, was not one where you've you've sort of planned everything in advance. You've you've gone on a journey. Um and I think um you described it as a sort of finding yourself along the way or unlocking yeah. yourself along the way. So you know a lot of people would go into accounting and it's a it's a sort of set path from that point forward. Can you maybe just talk about that that journey, what you've been unlocking and, and, and what you've discovered about yourself along the way? Hindsight's a wonderful thing. So what I'm about to sort of talk through, I didn't discover these things along the way. They're yeah. retrospective sort of look backs. I, I think I've only got to a piece or a position in my life where my thought pattern has sort of caught up with what I need probably in the last four or five years, I, I, I would say. Uh, but, you know, I, I jumped in to do an auditing um, job and as a cadetship because it was the easiest way to get into the workforce immediately. I wasn't thinking that that's what I really needed. But what I did need was, you know, I, I, I'd sort of gone through an academic life. I'd seen very, very, very interested in business and it was the quickest way to get in there. Um, what I discovered over time is I was actually more interested in the actual sort of the business and how they run and how to grow them than I was purely the numbers. So I, my, I, I pivoted from a sort of an auditing track into M&A and corporate finance. So I went and joined Pepsi. And the reason I joined that was, you know, I was working on sort of the internal M&A team and really helping sort of build businesses, turn around businesses, grow, you know, deliver on strategy. And they also offered a 24-year-old a job where I, I think over two years I worked in 18 countries. Um, so all around the world in some yep. of the most incredible areas, which is fantastic. I, I then went through... Um, two places where, again, I made decisions that in hindsight were completely wrong and I made the same decision twice. So I went to business school in London, uh, at London Business School after Pepsi, chasing this idea of money in that I was doing so much work with these investment bankers and all this sort of internal uh, sort of Pepsi work. And, And my feeling was they got all the really cool work and all the money and then I was left with 
the baggage at the end of it to fix up everything in terms of integration. So I thought this is a really cool gig. So, but I, I'll go to business school and I'll get into investment banking. I joined business school um, right in the middle of the dot com crash. So like 2002 is when I started. And so it's not like there was a lot of jobs out there. Um, I was really, really lucky. I was one of a very small handful of people who managed to, to land a sort of a summer internship with Citigroup uh, in London at the time. I worked for them for three to four months and lucky enough that they gave me an offer. The The issue was I realized I hated it. Right. I just hated the work. Yep. It's just, and it's nothing against, I've got some wonderful friends who are investment bankers, but it's just not who I am. Yep. Uh, and I turned it down, which at the time was, a big, big leap for me because, yeah. you know, I was sitting looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars of yeah. of sort of, you know, student debt. And, uh, you know, my, my, my partner, who's now my wife at the time, you know, is a, a teacher, so not on huge income. And we were looking to move back to Australia. So it was a big risk, but it was the right thing. And, and I found myself back in Australia working again in private equity, uh, venture capital, helping businesses grow and invest. And that was fantastic. I, I then made the same mistake again. I thought, well, actually, what about these people who are putting money into uh, these hedge funds and these investors? I should go and do that because at least I can make some money. And again, I went there and I'm just not good at it. I just realized I'm not good at it. And chasing money or chasing an idea as opposed to what I have realized that I'm very good at is growing something, is having an idea, building a strategy and just a passion to grow. It doesn't make me a good investor on a pure portfolio basis because to be good at what I am, you actually have to have such a passion around the idea that you'll follow it to execution. And I don't have that impartial assessment where I can walk away from something. Yeah. So these, these would be the the setbacks if you like, and that, that realization, yeah. this wasn't what you were good at. So you were, they were yeah, I look, I, it took me twice doing the same thing yeah. to actually realize I wasn't good at it. The, the, the second time, actually, again, I lost my job in the GFC. Um, and, you know, we had, I had two kids. I had one that was sort of three or four weeks away from being, I lost my job and, you know, in the GFC and finance coming out, that wasn't a great opportunity, but it was, uh, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in the pits of, it was really scary, you know, as a, as a dad, as a, as a partner, um, being unemployed, uh, you know, it's, it's scary, but it did, the reflection was a, in, in the pits of that sort of fear, the ref, the ability to reflect and say, I just don't like what I'm doing. Oh, I'm not good at what I'm doing. What do I like doing? And that led me on a path that really quickly pushed me into a very sort of, you know, a, a, a big step backwards career-wise. I went back into a finance and accounting job, right. uh, but at Google and yep. setting up an accounting function at Google. And, and you know, that, that, that sort of led to a, a fantastic 10-year journey. And, and that was a, I guess you, you sort of got forced to do something, but you maybe got a let's say a lucky outcome, you chose the right company or you, it, that, that period would be, I'm, I'm sure very valuable for people just to sort of think about, you know, what goes through your mind at that point when you, you're forced to shift from what you've spent 10 years working towards and change direction yeah. entirely. So you know, it's, what, it's what really can you remember easy for me yeah. to, in hindsight, yeah. and I talk to so many people yeah. about, this is the way you should think about your career and everything else. For me, it actually happened because of losing my job, I was forced to actually really think about what I want because the rug had been pulled out from me and there wasn't really an opportunity to go back into finance anytime soon. And I knew I didn't want to. I'm not convinced that if I was able to go back into finance, I would have actually like thought about it and, and not just run back in because, you know, the money was attractive and and, and the, the prospects. But 
what it made me think about is what do I really want to do if I have to change my my sort of career well? Yes. And, I, and I went back to the basics of, you know, I like working with really good people. Yep. I like working with ambition. I like to build something really big. And and a friend of mine introduced me and said, you should go down and talk to these people at Google. And I looked at the role on paper and it was clearly a, a step back to, you know, it was this, exactly the role that I probably would have been offered before I did my MBA and, you know, being a finance manager and sort of growing that. But the people I met were extraordinary. The ambition was extraordinary, the the the, the, the passion. And so, you know, it, this is, these are the building. I, I, I say you sort of, I, I tell people, that don't plan a career path out. Plan the sort of the bricks of experience that you want to create. Yep. And life has a way of actually finding the right path if you can actually get those bricks of experience. For me, the people you work with are extraordinarily important. The second thing is, the opportunity to do something special, whether it's to grow something special, to turn around something special, but there's a, there is a platform to do something special rather yep. than just the the norm. Yeah, I mean Google. I mean, not many companies end up end up being a verb, but Google as a place, you know, from the outside, I, I, I went to visit Google in Silicon Valley on a on a trip, and we were allowed to look at it from the outside, but with the people taking us, hadn't thought to. To um to actually get it invite us inside, so we looked we looked at Google from the outside, and we we just all conducted our own I guess images as the, the colourful bicycles and you know the campus and the the Waymo cars were somewhere we were, but it, it just seems from from just the most incredible company that they're, they're, they're sort of at the heart of everything. They the 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 information they have at their disposal, they're forward thinking. So you know for you as a, a finance guy to walk into that kind of environment must just have been mind blowing. I'll tell you the what was mind blowing is the first sort of investment case that I was responsible for uh, had no numbers. Right. It was why should we do this? Because it's a great idea. Because it allows us to do X, Y, and Z, and because we should do it. And by the way, here are a couple of random numbers in an appendix slide that sort of prove out the revenue that we should deliver. But all of the thought and thinking was. What's the what's the idea? What's the concept? If it's a great concept that delivers real value, we'll figure out a way to monetize it. Now, look, incredible privilege to be able to operate in a business that has that leeway to do that, like to start with. So I'm not going to say that that's uh, available to everyone. And, you know, the realities of the day, my day job at the moment in domain, like it's, it's uh, it, it, you do have restrictions that, that don't allow you, but there are a lot of learnings that I do take from that um, that we're deploying in in domain every day, uh, particularly around um, how to deal with transformation and consumer trends, and particularly sort of the innovators dilemma challenge that you say. So that the the power of actually just thinking outside the box and really spending time thinking about who you are, not what you do. Which is what you said back before about the career. It's not about. It's not about. I'm an accountant or whatever. It's about building bricks and bricks of experience. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's this piece. That's why I sort of found a home. I think at Google because what I was was someone who builds things, and I had an organisation around who wasn't there to to grow money. That wasn't there to sort of turn aspects. It wasn't there to, to you know they didn't have sort of key goals on search penetration share and monetization and CPCs. And um, what they did is they just wanted to build really special things. Yeah. Um, so it's that sort and, of inventor culture, if you like. Yeah. And and look, as, as a commercial head in that, it was, it was, it, I found it fascinating because, uh, you know, you would be talking simple concepts that would be very foreign, you know, this profit margin return on investment aspects like that. But, you know, I, I, 
10 years at Google, it, it, it's like dog years, but, you know, that's changed dramatically over time in terms of scale and it necessarily has to. Yeah. And, and they do make quite good profit margins, regardless if they if they, if the concept is, is As I alien. Said, I think they're sitting on the privilege of probably one of the best products that's yeah. ever been invented. So, so one of the things you, you sort of mentioned before was this idea that that when um, there is a setback in, in a business situation, you've got this ability to quickly flip into um, I think what you call execution mode or, or problem solving mode. Can you just sort of describe what what, what that feels like? Yeah. Failure is an interesting concept. It's an interesting concept to me that I spend a lot of time being quite introspectful of. And in, in, in some instances, the ability to deal with failure is, again, probably one of my superpowers. One of my super nemesis, I suppose you put it the opposite, yep. is, is the fear of impending failure. Yep. And so let me run you through what that means is I'm actually very good when the what's it hits the fan. I, I am able to whether it's in a personal situation or a uh, professional situation, I'm very structured in my thinking. I can sort of really quickly get to, okay, what's the problem? How do we break it down into the component parts? Who's going to be responsible for what? And, and let's get let's get it moving. And yeah. so I've had situations in my career where that's been very useful in terms of just situations. Um, a great example is, you know, it's one of the, one of, one of the really tough um, periods when I was at Google was an issue we had with YouTube of um, some of our customers' ads appearing against really inappropriate content. And that was just really because the product exploded so fast and the audience exploded so fast that the controls over what, um, what where it was appearing just weren't good enough. And also it was really interesting. It was the um, almost the seismic shift in, in I think, society's viewpoint that that everything online or everything free is not good, yeah. that there actually is some negative consequences in terms of radicalization or so it was really interesting period that I so I, I we you know we faced this immediate situation of you know a New York Times uh, Wall Street Journal investigation overnight Australia was the, the first market to wake up to this in the morning and you know this was uh, my most important customers and, and clients we had to deal with that uh, you know I I really quickly sort of walk through that. And that was a, that was a stressful situation that we had to walk through. But the piece that, um, I, I really led the organization and even the global organization on was the ability that it was so in- incredibly important for us to say sorry as the first statement rather than explain what was going on, which is a very Google way. It's a very yes. technical. Well, technically this yeah, is what's yeah. happened and yep. it's not our problem because there's, there's this X, Y, and Z. You have to actually step forward and just say sorry. It's just not good enough because you've entrusted us with X, Y, and Z. And so that's an example of, I think I was, it was a, it was a horrendously stressful period, but able to actually move into what's, what's important and what's important to the customers that we're working, the clients we're working with is they recognize that we recognize there was a problem and we were going to, we were going to step forward and fix it. I, I, I contrast that too. And I've got many other examples of yep. missing flights, you know, with families yeah. on vacations and you go into solvent and all these things. I contrast that with the fear of impending failure. I deeply, deeply struggle with imposter syndrome. And so once I'm in failure, I'm all systems go. I do have a debilitating, um, uh, it's, 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 I'm not going to even begin to call it a disease, but there is something that actually sits in the back of my mind. And it's this little sort of voice that sits in my head saying, yep. 
you're going to get found out. Yep. You know, you're you're not ready for this. You can't do this. You're wrong. What if people, uh, particularly the voice that I hear is, what are people going to think about you when this goes wrong? Impending fear of failure that I've had to actually learn to manage along the way. And that that's more of an impact on me than then actually once you tip over the edge and it's it's all bad, I actually then go into solution mode really effectively. Do, do you think they're linked? I mean, do you think the imposter syndrome forces you to almost rehearse for failure that you that when you go into it, you, you almost expected it to come or are they completely detached? Possibly. What I've never been able to reconcile that dog is if I have consistent viewpoints and real confidence that I can actually work really effectively when these failure situations happen, yeah. why am I worried about it? And so, like, I, I, that's, I can't answer that. I, I, I do think it, it is, is, you know, we, this is not a psychology podcast, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, having spoken to a lot of people who sort of suffered, a lot of it does come down to sort of background and history and experience. And so, you know, I did grow up in a very, in a very um, tight community, really strong family sort of bonds and, and their viewpoints and their respect is really important to me. And so I think one of the bigger drivers is this sort of voice of what would they think of me yep. if this happens? Rather than once you're there, and you know that actually there's unconditional love and support there, so it's not a problem, but it still is in the back of your mind. But, you know, I think we're going down a, a, a deep and dark rabbit hole that, you know, maybe psychologists will have a, have a lucrative uh, pull with me in future years. I'll, I'll send them your, uh, your email address. But no, it's, um, look, let's, let's move, move direction. One of the things I want to talk about is the idea of change. The, the one thing I would say, though, is, is, and I know a lot of people out there do do suffer from that. It doesn't get any easier the more senior you get. Like it actually gets worse. But I found it to be quite powerful in that if it can be used for the right way. In that I, I my competitive, I, I compete against myself. So there's a, there's this other voice that says, right, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yes. And so to get that, and so it's 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 just a way of completely managing the situation and understanding what's going through rather than it being debilitating. Yeah. So it's the two, the two voices in your head almost. So, so let's, let's move to that, that idea of change. Um, because that's something we look at when we're investing in companies going through changes. So think about yourself. I mean, probably in recent years, that big change was, was jumping from Google to the, to the new job running domain. So maybe you could just talk me through how you deal with making such a, big change or what looks at the outside, from the outside like such a big change? Uh, big, big change in terms of the role. Uh, it was a big risk. Uh, I loved my, my, my Google role. I was, you know, running the country with the most amazing team, you know, serious sort of, you know, upside growth and moving globally and doing the like. But look, the reason I moved to Domain is a, from a family perspective, the sort of commitment to Australia was really important. Uh, and we're growing and I've got four kids and they were sort of in primary school, early high school. So that timing worked well, but domain was going through an extraordinary change and was, was deeply challenged by that change in a couple of areas where, again, I, I, I revel, I really enjoy change. I am, I'm the person that when you turn up to work and someone says, right, we are literally doing a 180. I'm let's go. Absolutely. Glasses half full. How fun is this going to be? Yeah. Um, I've also learned that no one, not a lot of people or not everyone thinks like that. Nope. And that can be quite dangerous. <laughs> Fear of changes. <laughs> so is a real I've thing. had my moments with uh, teams who, you know, where I sort of rock in and say, right, this is going to be awesome. And it's okay. Who, you know, the glass is half empty is okay. This change is how many, re- how many redundancies are we going to, to put through because of this? And it's like, no, 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 these are new jobs. Yeah. So, so look, I, um, I made that change. What domain needed actually was, uh, and this, this is, I, again, 
I'm not a startup person. I just am not. Yeah. Um, I there's and there's you can go into details as to what it is. At the same time, I'm not the sort of person that actually can be really revel in a very large organization. Yeah. And that's where Google had sort of got to. I'm I am a scale up person, and scale ups are generally at inflection points where change needs to happen. And generally in their best, and this is why I joined Domain, because the the three questions that the organization had to ask itself are are three areas where I'm very strong. So um, firstly, strategically, who are we? Secondly, what do we want to be? And thirdly, this is going to be an interesting one, is do we like who we are? And so the do we like who we are, I'll go reverse, is, Culturally, it was an incredibly challenged environment. It had grown so quickly. It had very sort of media and publishing um, aspect. It was, you know, deeply entrepreneurial, but, but what I call sort of very loose. And publicly, you know, it's on the record in terms yep. of some of the cultural issues that existed in the organization. And that didn't deter me. In fact, that's that attracted me because it's it's one of those areas where, like, culturally, I am very strong and I, and I have um, a toolkit that I can deal with. To, to deal with that. The other two questions of who we are and what do we want to become, sequentially we we step through those in domain. We I started with the organization uh with a process of you know going back to basics. What's our purpose? We didn't have a purpose when I started. Uh within three to four months we've set a purpose which is to inspire confidence in all of life's property decisions. And that stayed constant for four years and it's actually sort of at the core of who we are. And that was built collectively with a significantly large group of, of people at Domain. The reason why that was important is that anchors you and and removes a lot of debates and fights. And, and yep. so one of the fights at, at Domain was we've got this really, really good ads business. Why do we – why waste our time on – on sort of loans and finance or utilities or all these bits on the side, they're just a waste of time versus other people in there saying, well, that diversifies and actually are we trying to help people with property rather than just what do ads do? And inspire confidence in all of life's property decisions, some very, very specific words and then to set the boundaries to say, once we've set all of life's property decisions, no one can come in and say it's just about ads. And so that inspire confidence means is a nod to the heritage of Fairfax, where the business came to. So you're actually bringing people with you on the journey. But Inspire Confidence is also your guidelines for making um, decisions. Are, are, is it transparent? Is it fair? Yep. Is it consistent? You know, it, it builds the pub test into every decision you're actually doing because if you're not doing that, you're not inspiring confidence in your users or your customers. Uh, it's a very high bar. So we went through that. And then what do you want to become? It's just a strategic you know, vision setting process. And so I... I those sort of three pieces are, I think, in the toolkit of mo- most leaders who are very good in that scale-up process. Um, and so that's I really sort of reveled in the in the opportunity to sort of deploy that. I also get to, I got to really expand my skill sets in in a, in the public company realm and sort of dealing with shareholders and boards and you know for my sins I have two boards of you know of a, the domain board and then obviously a major shareholder which is another listed company which has been actually re- actually incredibly good in terms of my learning. Yes. And sort of from stakeholder management and the like. So that that purpose really gives you the the ability to I don't know if enforce is the right word, but but, but keep people <clears throat> keep people tight, keep people on the track. Is it something people can use, let's say, outside of the corporate world? I mean, do you have the you know Jason's purpose when you're when you're at home, or the or the family's purpose? Um, is is it something you've tried 
outside of corporate life or, or at least philosophically thought about? Very interestingly, I'm literally going through that process right now. Right. So, and it was driven by an inflection point of where we are at Domain in that I'm, we're sort of three and a half years into my journey there. We've set the purpose, we've set the values, we've set our new strategy. We are sort of now in the sort of acceleration phase of that aspect. And it's sort of, okay, what's, what are, what is the sort of, let's check in on the purpose and make sure that we're, cause we've expanded our business quite significantly yeah. in going through that. And the people I'm working, we're working with, uh, who are exceptional actually pushed me. And I really, really enjoy this. And, and, you know, I really enjoy people who I work with, I can talk with who will actually challenge me and tell me I'm wrong. And I love that. I really do. And they basically said, there's no way in the world you're going to go on this until you actually sit down and actually figure out what's your purpose, where do you line up with, and does it line up with where this business is going? Because you need to commit for sort of a multi-year path. This is going to be tough, so do this. And so I'm literally going through that process now. And I've got to say, it, it is complex and it's challenging because – uh, that, you know, I can sit in my head and say, look, I, I, I really, really, um, align myself with sort of equity and fairness. I'm on the board of, uh, plan. And so, you know, equality and female yep. girls equality and particularly girls and access to education always been part of what I am. But when you put that statement down on a piece of paper and then you sort of line up and saying, what am I doing? Like, I, I feel that that's my value and that's my, my purpose, but, what does my week look like that lines up against that value? It's actually yeah. incredibly confronting. Sounds quite quite a, a yeah, challenging thing to do. And um I I would it's really hard. Yeah. But again, you know, you're talking about these sort of inflection points in you know I'm in my mid forties. Yep. Um Maybe it's a more it's a more healthy thing to sort of step into rather than a you know midlife crisis. Yeah, we'll call <laughs> maybe, it inflation. Maybe slightly harder, but less yeah. expensive than a sports car. Yeah. Um, you talked uh, beforehand that when we were chatting the, the idea of the, the your personal values lining up the business and 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 um, the team, what you're working towards, and you said that one of your big strengths was was connecting dots on trends and changes. And I mean, that's a, that's a very, very useful skill to have. Is that what really marks you as like, let's say the standing out, we talk about superpowers standing out from the crowd. Is that what you think it is the ability to connect the dots that is the secret of success or is there something else you would point to? I've done every manner of personality testing, you know, leadership yeah. traits, strength testing through yeah. the years. They're yeah. very big. I, I'm a big fan of them. Not one particularly. I think they're great tools to sort of uh, learn more about yourself and learn more about the teams and people around you. So I'm a big advocate. But every single one of those sort of gets pretty close to who I am and what, what I'm good at. You know, strengths, strength is a great example. I'm very high on competition. I am very competitive, competitive in myself. Uh, I am then this concept of woo, and woo is the sort of the ability to – to paint a vision and bring people with you. And when I break that down, um, I read really broadly. So I'm actually really annoying in that I'm not a, I'm not a deep reader. I'm a broad reader. And so I'm not the sort of person that sits there with thousands of novels on their bedstand and sort of gets, gets absorbed, but in a multimedia fashion, I do absorb an extraordinary amount of information over the course of a week. Um, and, and I do, I do, I really enjoy that. Uh, it does allow me the curiosity to sort of connect the dots of this is happening, this is happening, but if we connect the two together, what does that mean about X, Y, and Z? And I think that's a necessary part of the woo piece, which is 
you actually have to create a compelling vision that yep. that people can understand. And then the second part, I think of what, you know, again, I think that that makes me effective and I've, I've used this skill a lot is the ability to bring stakeholders and connect the dots and the stakeholders and say, look, if we bring you and you together and let me paint you this vision, how much better is this going to be for all of us? And so I, you know, a great example, I used that when I was at Google, we, we built before I left and deployed the, the first, the global first commercial partnership with Fairfax as a publisher. It's the model that actually, frankly, has been sort of replicated in the sort of the, the, the platform review afterwards, but yep. it existed and we deployed it. And it was, the future is Google has to get a lot closer to publishers and there has to be a, a commercial partnership that works through here. And if we bring Fairfax and we bring Google, here's the benefits for Fairfax, here's the benefits of Google, let's go, let's yep. do it. And it took 18 months and a lot of blood, sweat and tears, yep. a lot on the Google side, a yep. lot on the Fairfax side, yep. but we got there. Yeah, so everyone's a winner at the end. And yep. look, I think bringing this back back to the beginning, almost you know, we talked about your own upbringing and and what sound like very strong values that that your parents instilled in you. Um, as as a parent today, what would be your biggest gift that you could give to your own children in terms of thinking, philosophy, etc.? What do you talk about when you sit around the the family dinner table? I wish we sat around the dinner table more often. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> it feels like, a, you know, as I said, I've got four sort of, yeah. well, three teenagers, one. Uh, it, it feels more like a like a, a scene of chaos yes. than anything I know else. It but, feels you know, like. it's, look, when when we're at our best as a family, like those moments, I think we, we you know, every family has a different sort of ritual yeah. sort of aspect. We do really well when we ski like on a holiday. It's just that people, you know, get together and, and, and that's quite well. But in those moments... There's probably a couple things that I'd like to pass. One is, and, and look, none of this is going to be groundbreaking. You want your kids just to be good people, good humans, to have, to be centered, to want to do good, to want to be good by people. But, you know, there, there, there are things that I, um, uh, do like a, again, one of the, one of the processes in science is, in finding a purpose was one of the tasks or, you know, exercises to try to get there is to write a letter to your kids and say, look, what have you learnt, and what have you? How, how does that? How does that sort of come to life? And I, that was a really interesting process. And and so you know, a couple of the themes that I sort of passed on was, you know, in my life, there's a couple of things I've learnt. One, you know, boundaries are an illusion. You can you can achieve so much more than what you think you can through these illusionary boundaries. So make it a part of your life to not just assume that boundaries are there, but to actually focus on testing them and breaking them. They tend to be where the fun starts and the learning starts rather than where it ends. Um, so that, you know, that's a, that's a first one. See the best in people. You know, I, I, I try to hold myself to this and, you know, it's not always hard, not always easy, but, you know, assume there's an amazing colleague of mine at Google. How did she, put, she used to put it? She said sort of assume good intent with, um, with disastrous execution or I can't remember it was like incompetent execution rather yeah. than yeah. bad intent with yeah. good execution, right? Yeah. Just start with the, you know, assume the good. Yeah. And people have a habit of actually proving proving that right. Yeah. Uh, you know, stay curious. I think that's that curiosity connecting yeah. the dots. Uh, enjoy the journey yeah. was the other one in terms of like sometimes you can be so focused on the outcomes and yeah. getting there like career-wise even 
And you forget that if I look at some of the big achievements I've had in my life, let's say sport, sporting events you know, in terms of, you know, when I was sort of a child, it's actually the games along the way and it's the times in the change rooms or the, you know, you're out sort of you know, aspect that's been quite good. And then the final one is, um, and, and this one's really important from the, the sort of imposter syndrome is I really want to talk to my kids about judging your achievements by your own standards rather than what you expect others to be judging you by like set your own standards. Don't be held to this sort of, you know, in approval sort of bar. And so they're the sort of, they're the sort of topics that I, yeah, if we had time around a dinner table and yep. people weren't on Netflix and running to, to TikToks and all these sort of things, that's, that's what I'd sort of talk about, but I've put it in a letter. Okay. Well, I was going to say, maybe you could put them in a TikTok and they'd, uh, then this kids would maybe, watch them every you know, to, to figure out what's the dance <laughs> yeah, but have to do with it. I think, I think you said there, Jason, enjoying the journey and I've, I've enjoyed you know, the journey of the last sort of, um, half an hour has been, it's been a great conversation and it sounds like, you know, you're very much enjoying your journey. And so thank you so much for sharing it um, with our listeners. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Doug. It's been fantastic. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Investing for Life podcast. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe and share with your friends. For show notes from today's conversation, head to platinum.com.au.